Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. J.R. Rennie, thank you so much for being our guest on the Mike Litton Experience. I cannot thank you enough. I know how busy you are. Thank you for making time with us. And I'm really, really excited about this. Like we talked about before we hit record, everybody has a story and our passion is to help them tell it. So what we're going to do with your permission is start with where you were born. We'll go all the way up to today, right? And and then we'll we'll talk about brushfires-digital.com. Is that cool? That's fine. All right. So where were you born? Well, actually in Abington, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of the Philadelphia area. Okay. Um, we were there in that area for nine years. I moved down to Florida with my parents uh, at that point, graduated high school, moved out to California, was there till 2011, and now I'm living in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful place. I've been to Coeur d'Alene last year for the first time. It's like heaven on earth. It's amazing how beautiful it is. Uh, it's stunning. I've, Like I said, I've lived in all four corners now at this point, and it is yeah. easily the most beautiful place. I've had the pleasure of living it. Oh, that's so cool. So let me ask you this. Growing up, who was the most influential person in your life? Quite luckily, my mother. Uh, my father was a merchant seaman, which meant that he was on these cargo ships that would be gone for nine months or so a year. So he was really not around that much. My mom had a very strong work ethic and mm. um, instilled a lot of belief in me as far as being capable and, you know, education and so forth. So yeah, easily my mom. Okay. So let me ask you this in high school in Florida, did you have a favorite subject? Uh, math, but when it got into trigonometry, it got too weird for me. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, algebra, geometry, you know, even math analysis, I could get my arms around that. That made sense to me. Yeah. I got into trig. It was like, okay, this has gotten too weird. I'm I'm out. <laughs> I totally get where you're coming from. I totally, I totally relate with that. Trig was something, man. It really was. All right. Yeah. So you so you graduate high school, then where right. do you? So um my mom had uh and my my father my natural father divorced when I was 12. So my mom remarried. My stepfather was physically abusive, and uh, just after graduation, he came after me with a hammer. Mm. So um, my mom uh, called me one day when I was at work, said, uh, we're leaving this Friday. Uh, we need help packing the car. So I called my friends from my soccer team. Uh, we packed up my our belongings in the car, and we split to California. So that's how we got to California. Uh, they actually reconciled by that summer and invited me to go back to Florida. I said, no, I'm good here. I, I don't need any more uh, reminders of a hammer. So uh, I'll stay kidding. here. That's awesome. And man. So that's how I got to California. 
So did you did you go to college here in California? Well, I started uh, in college, and uh, as I said earlier, I met a young lady named um, Elizabeth Buffy Rennie mm -hmm. uh, that December. She was a last-minute substitute to a blind date, uh, and uh, we dated for about a year and a half, and uh, she got pregnant, and it wasn't the uh, divine uh, conception. It was, you know, my responsibility, and... Um, I then looked at it and I go, I can't imagine my life without her in it. So we got married and this August will be 45 years uh, of marriage, three kids. Uh, we, God's been very, very good to us. Uh, yeah, it, awesome. it shouldn't have worked out that way, but it did. That is so cool. So, so you, so you get married, right? What happens? Well, uh, I was uh, working at the Disneyland hotel and they were on this, a transition from a manual NCR cash register system to an actual computer system. And I was the youngest person there by far. So for whatever reason, they chose me to learn it. I did that, got a certain uh, education in just operating computers, mm -hmm. wound up doing some temporary work, which eventually landed me to a software installer for a local software company called um, MagnaData uh, mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. And they taught me uh, how to install software, but they asked me at the same time, would you like to learn how to program? Mm -hmm. And I said, sure. And so I went to, to, I took some college courses and they were teaching me. Well, while that transition was going on, the um, software manager and the boss got into a fight. She quit. I was installing the software it was melting down at the client site. I, I've got nobody to call. I've mm -hmm. got the manual. I've got my month or two of COBOL training, which didn't really help. <laughs> and I, I had to figure out what was going on. So I learned to program yeah. uh, on the site and fix the software and, and wound up doing that. Uh, that ultimately landed me uh, into two other companies uh, once uh, the final one was at a company called Logicraft, mm -hmm. uh, and I was working with that business and I became the software uh, director. I did all the hiring and training of programmers and my boss and I had a run in uh, one day and I called another employee uh, that had also had a run in with the boss trying mm -hmm. to figure out what's wrong with this crazy person right. and made them lots of money. And he said, well, come over and see what I'm doing. Uh, I went over and he had started what is called the assist uh, distribution manufacturing software. Mm -hmm. And so since my boss was not appreciative of my help, I actually started spending all my off hours after 40 hours of work with Philip developing this software. Mm -hmm. And um, one Saturday he goes, uh, if you want to become partners, uh, I'd love to do that with you. And I go, Philip, you're single. I live in Hollywood. You, you've got this other lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I got a wife. I got a mortgage. I got kids. You know, I can't just walk off. You have to be in it for the long run. Right. Well, about a month later, he, he reached over and said, uh, if you want to do this, I'm all in. And I gave notice at uh, Logicraft. Uh, and uh, after I was removed from the company, um, there was no buffer between all the employees I hired and trained with the owner. Mm -hmm. And one by one, they're calling me up going, what is wrong with this guy? Right. And I would say, 
come on over. Right. Uh, and within about, a year and a, <laughs> within about a year and a half, I had about 80, 90% of the business uh, from that company wow. was now uh, with our company. And we were developing the software, which we initially released the first version in 1989. Mm -hmm. And it is still running businesses in North America uh, uh, to this day. That's awesome. What a great story. And that was 30 years, right? 30 years plus that you were with them? Um, well, the, the software company is still going. Uh, yeah. I've been trying to wind it down since 2015. and um, But yeah, it is still going. So that was 1987 uh, when we formed the corporation and uh, it is still going today. So we're approaching, right. we're at 35, 37 years, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's amazing, man. What an amazing story. So let me ask you this. So you, you're with this company, you own this company for a very, very long time, over three decades, right? Right. And at some point, you decide to start brushfires-digital.com. Talk about that. Talk about that transition. Talk about what happened. Okay. So I'm a born again believer and I, this is not one of my better moments, um, but uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just the relationship that, that, that God and I have, it, it seems like. So um, at the end of 2014, one of my employees who had a substance problem um, finally got to the point where I couldn't deal with it anymore. Uh, right. I've been working with him for about three years and I just couldn't deal with it. So I let him go. Um and uh, by the time I realized, and we had gone through that process and there was some legal action about letting them go. Anyway, um, by the end of 2015, uh, we had lost our two largest customers, which he was responsible for you know, as, 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 as a byproduct of that. Well, those two customers were two thirds of my income uh, into the company. So the, at the end of 2015, we experienced our only loss that we have ever experienced and it was substantial yeah. and i did the math and i go well i got employees i got other clients that are still looking for software and depend upon us to keep their businesses running right what are you going to do and yeah. cut all expenses still not enough the last really significant expense was my salary yeah. so at the end of december 2015 i took my last regular paycheck from the company and I'm sitting in a chair that I'm looking at right now, spring of 2016. And I say out loud, okay, God, I know you're in the middle of this. What do you want? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't happy because my plan was the company would continue to succeed. I continue to get a substantial uh, paycheck mm -hmm. until I hit my mid 60s, late 60s. And then I would start to wind it down. Right. And this was seven years before that was supposed to happen. And I was right. not ready for it. Um, well, at the end of that year, uh, I was writing a lot of poetry and uh, short stories and articles uh, and just really diving into God. And that end of that year, an acquaintance approached me and goes, hey, JR, I have this personality assessment uh, program that I teach. I think you would be really good at it. Well, he already knew that where I was financially. Mm -hmm. And I've already cut all expenses. And the last thing I was going to do was pay for this course. Right. Um, and I told him no. And later that day, I just felt this tug, do it. I go, really? Right. Do it? You know, anyway, so we wound up signing up for this program. And I was in it for about a, two weeks. And all of a sudden, it just hits me. 
this has nailed me. I've done a lot of personality assessments and I go, this has nailed me in a way that I have never, in a way that I can understand. And oh, by the way, since my wife was doing it, it's gotten her too. So both of us, I go, there's something to this. So I was really engaged with it and it was awakening things in me that were natural abilities and talents about understanding and developing uh, people's abilities. And I really gravitated towards this. And about spring of uh, 2017, uh, I was sitting there going, all right, a byproduct of this process is coming up with a purpose statement, which is one sentence that says, why why God created you. Mm-hmm. And for our ministry, it's all about how you serve mankind. Right. And my purpose statement reads, I must strategically lead a gifted team to embrace the power of their God-given design for long-term positive results. And I was asking myself that question, well, do you really believe that? Mm-hmm. And if you believe that, and that's how you get closer to God, what are you going to do about it? And at that moment, the Brush Fires ministry was conceived. Yeah. You're going to bring it to the church. This is what it was intended for. These assessments were intended for that. And so I needed to write the curriculum. I spent most of 2017 developing my uh, skills and developing purpose statements and writing the curriculum. And in February 2018, we did our first uh, live uh, workshop, and we've been doing them ever since then, uh, helping people to discover the purpose, living out my uh, purpose statement through the Brush Fires ministry. So if I'm understanding correctly, owning this, this company and dealing with the different personalities that you dealt with and the different, you know, you, you had to interview people, you had to hire people, you had to fire people, you had, right. All those types of wonderful personnel, personnel management issues. Right. I I owned a couple of corporations for 18 years. So I kind of know what you're talking about. I've experienced a sort of baptism by fire. Right. But it sounds like that prepared you that God was preparing you, right preparing the soil, so to speak, to be fertile, so that when this, when this hit, you were in the right place, needing the right type of thing. And all of a sudden now it's, this is, this is what, this is your mission. This is what you need to be doing. Like you've literally, it sounds like been prepared by God your entire life for this. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, um, there was a dream that I had in 2001 that I can't go into, but um, it spurred a desire to figure out uh, purpose and to really pursue that. And I wrote um, a um, a presentation in 2004 called What is Your Purpose? Uh, and this has nothing to do with the uh, purpose-driven life. I never read the book and still don't know anything about that. Right. But it was something that was on my heart. And when I sat down to write the curriculum, Mike, which was really interesting, that... Um, uh, message that I gave back in 2004, along with articles that I wrote in 2011, 2013, along with some of these short stories and poems that I wrote during my grievance time with God in 2016, right. um, all these things wound up coming into the curriculum. Yeah, It wasn't as if I had to start from scratch and figure it out. These are things that that I would read in a devotion and I go, that's important. I'm going to photocopy that and just hold on to that. And when I sat down to actually accumulate the materials, I had these thoughts and these um, truths that I had been holding on to for years Mm -hmm. that 
created the curriculum. Right. God had been writing that curriculum through me all yeah. my life. Yeah. It wasn't until 2017 that I actually realized what he was doing yeah. and, and accumulated and produced the, the final product. Yeah. So I have a, I have a firm belief and I need to, I just want to run this by you. I believe that God puts us through trials and tribulations to prepare us to come alongside other people in the future that go through the same type of thing. And we can put our armor, it prepares us to put our armor around them and say, this is how I got through what you're going through. Yes. I, I would, I would, I would modify that just slightly, uh, uh, slightly. God doesn't put us through it. God allows it to happen in our lives because right. we leave, we live in an evil world and terrible things happen to people. Right. Uh, I, through our ministry, I've met people that have been sexually abused and are been homeless and all kinds of really serious traumatic situations. And God is not the author of those circumstances, right. but what he does, he takes the ashes that are, part of that experience and he molds them into a, a piece of coal and then it ultimately becomes a diamond where yeah. that person can then use that experience to say i understand i have empathy for where you're at because i was there right i was homeless i was sexually abused i was all these things and i found my way out of it let me show right. you how i got out of it so right. yes the essence of what you said is exactly right it's just the initiator is the is the enemy that's creating right. these experiences, and God is turning these tri trials into triumphs yeah. in a person's life. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I said it the wrong way, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's exactly. So you know, one of the things that happens, and this is something that that I've been seeing lately, there are a lot of people. I, I've been meeting a lot of new people lately, obviously because of the podcast and that kind of thing. And it's and, fun. And, oh, it's awesome! It's absolutely awesome. And what I found is there are a lot of people that are out there that are struggling and they're having a tough time. And a lot of what's happening is, you know, people, human beings don't, don't tend to suffer out loud. They tend to suffer quietly, right? Agreed. So if they're, if they're really suffering, they don't tend to let people know. They just kind of put on this face and they put up this wall and they just go about their daily, daily grind, so to speak, right? And they do what they have to do. What's interesting, though, is when we when we've had the experiences. So anything that happens in our lives, I believe, happens for us, not to us. Right. Okay, and, agreed. and the and what happened, I believe no matter what happens, if you look hard enough, you'll find something positive. Agreed. You'll find something agreed. positive. You just have to look. You have to you have to put the effort in to look. Right. Um, so. One of the uh, the aspects of Christianity that that I really emphasize is this relationship. And one of the things that back in 2017 was I came to the understanding that I, by doing what God created me to do, you know, with my experiences, that um, I would develop a closer relationship with God. And that is what he has for all of his children. So he wants to walk you through that trauma. He wants to help you heal from that trauma. But then he wants to use your experience of that trauma to then turn around and help the person who is a few steps behind you in the healing process. Yeah. So one of the real um, pivotal parts of my uh, transition from the corporate world into ministry was this aspect of joy. Yeah. 
-hmm. I met Christians that had joy. I had ha I had great experiences. I mean, our business was very successful. Um, and so we, it provided opportunities for myself and my family that, you know, created happy moments. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you put a, a nice ribeye steak in front of me, nice glass of wine. I'm happy. That's a great right. moment. But there's joy is different. Joy is from inside that is not, doesn't um, require happy experiences to be around you. You can be joyful in the middle of a real struggle. And it was that concept that I was really struggling with. I go, I don't get that. And in right. 2017, it was like, do what I asked, do what I created you to do, and you will experience joy. Yeah. And I will tell you, when I am in the middle of a coaching session, when I am in the middle of a design discovery meeting, I am experiencing that because I'm God is downloading things into me that I shouldn't know about the person. I've had the the I was interviewing a lady the other day in Florida and she goes, Are you clairvoyant? I go, No, it's it's not that. It's just these are things that God reveals based upon your design. And when you're looking at um uh design, you can almost anticipate how they're going to get hurt. Uh certain one of the things that we teach in our ministry is that the enemy does not go after your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a zero percent analyst. And that means I don't, you know, I don't have to do hours and decades and years of analysis to come to a conclusion. I can come to a decision rel relatively quickly. The enemy doesn't attack my, my lack of analysis in me. He goes after my director and my persuader. Right. He wants something that I was involved in to go bad so that I will not do that again. Right. He wants something that I've said to be used against me so that I can't uh, use my words to help and, and uplift people and so forth. He goes after your strengths because he doesn't want that. So when you look at a person's design, you can almost anticipate how they're going to be hurt. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's ways that we all get hurt, but oftentimes it's in a way that's unique to that person's design. So they don't believe in the strengths that God gave them yeah. and they don't use them. They fall back and they go, I can remember one lady, JR, every time I do that, they call me bitchy. They call me bossy. They call me this. And I go, and I looked at her and I go, is that the daughter of the most high God speaking? Or is that an orphan child speaking? And it hit her. It was yeah. like, that's what I've been conditioned to do, mm -hmm. to think, to 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 apologize for my strengths. Changed her life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And when you find your purpose, that's what's so amazing about what you're doing. When you find your purpose, it changes everything. It changes everything. And all of a sudden, you realize that your entire life, God's been preparing you for this. Right. Agreed. So it's like this podcast, okay? I know that I'm literally in my walk here. I'm literally doing what I was called to do. It feels I'm literally like literally doing it. And so yes. that joy feeling that you're talking about is keeping me up at night. Like I'm so happy with what I'm doing that I can't get my mind to shut off so that I can go to sleep at night. I mean, it's like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? No, it's, no, I've been, I've been there. Make, some, yeah, tired, sometimes I just have to get out of bed. Yeah, it's yes. like it's like crazy. And then when it's when it's time to get up, I'm bouncing out of bed. Right? I am, I am leaping. I am literally joyfully leaping to the coffee pot. But I'm literally joy, joyfully leaping. You know, 
So yes. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So if people want to be, if if people want to be a part of brushfires-digital.com, sure. how can they go about being a part of what you're doing? Well, it's really pretty simple. Um, uh, it seems uh, like a oxymoron, but we actually are a technology ministry yeah. uh, because of my background. I mean, sure. Go figure. Uh, so um, what they do is they go to brushfires-digital.com. They mm -hmm. register as a user. Uh, we would recommend that they would do the entry level at the, at the minimum, but the premium level includes the uh, design discovery meeting, which is where you get your purpose statement. So that's, and it's also the, the best uh, priced uh, package that we offer. Right. Uh, and then they do the online uh, courses. So there is uh, typically two to four videos per session. Okay. Uh, the sessions are broke up into uh, eight categories, um, identity, purpose, service, uh, praise, orphan child, uh, listening, um, spiritual gifts, and uh, what the design discovery meeting is all about. Right. And they do those courses. They do the homework. Uh, we interact with them uh, during the course of that process. Once they've done that, they schedule their design discovery meeting. Uh, we do that via Zoom. And we effectively, uh, at the end of that, we produce a purpose statement for them. And then we have a program called Rekindle, where we will coach them and work with them on a go-forward basis to help them. Um, we work with churches to train them to do what we are doing uh, so that they can be the frontline people. We do this with Christian businesses. Uh, we did a conference this summer about uh, unity and um, uh, and 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 division, trying to uh, help this organization actually um, strengthen their team. And uh, the the director of that particular uh, company has been praising us ever since. They yeah. talk about it in every one of their staff meetings going forward about what we were able to show them and help them to understand. One of the things about design, and and, and you get this early on in our program, is that certain designs will have conflicts with others. Mm -hmm. It's just a natural byproduct, and it has to do in part with tweaking our uh, natural abilities in a way that are um, threatening to other people. So I, I mentioned that um, I'm a director. Okay, mm -hmm. well, a um, an analyst is one of my opposites. An analyst is a person that has a moral obligation to speak and understand truth. Mm -hmm. So when a director who is motivated to create order out of chaos is really going, this has to stop, mm -hmm. and he runs into a director who wants to know all the whys it has to stop, mm -hmm. that creates conflict, right. okay? Because they want to know the why, and the director wants to simply stop. And so director tends to stomp over the analyst's heads, which the analysts don't appreciate so much, and they object, and that creates <laughs> Just confusion. Just a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what happens is when we sit back and we go through this course, and people do it, especially in a, in a small group or a couple's study or church group, they get to see other people going, yeah, I relate to the analyst, and other people going, I relate to the director, and now they go, oh my gosh, people are really different mm -hmm. people and these are things that are being exploited mm -hmm. we're being taken of advantage of okay so 
maybe the analyst, if they simply took a moment to say, hey, JR, why are you so worked up about this? Right. Well, if we don't address this, the potential of a child molester getting into the children's ministry is really high. We need to put in the security system. Oh, you're right. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, let's do that now. Or maybe it's something where the director can benefit from the insight and the truth that the analyst has to share to give it the director a broader perspective on it. We're designed to work together as a body, as a human body, but certainly in the church as a body of Christ. And having this this removal of these natural barriers and giving grace to the other person, even when they offend you, Mm-hmm. Because they aren't intentionally trying to offend you. They're simply trying to be work out what God wants to work out through them. Right. So it's appreciating the other person's qualities. Absolutely. Right. Their it's, strengths. It's diversity in its best definition and understanding. Exactly. It's, it's, it's that we are all created differently, but we're all created to work together for the better of humanity. Yeah. Every purpose statement that, that is developed by brush fires is how you serve humanity. Right. My my purpose is to help others understand that they have a purpose and that God wants to walk it out through them and that will create long-term positive change. Well, it's another thing too when you're going through something like this it sounds like that you're you're learning about what the strengths of a director versus the strengths of an analyst are, right? So it's an yes. education and that education is vital because if you're an analyst and you don't necessarily get like, I'll give you an example. I teach, I've been teaching for 30 some years, uh, a course on DISC, D-I-S-C, okay. right? Yep. So yep. Driver, Personal influencer, thing. right? Yep. And so one of the things that I point out when I teach is, look, you may not necessarily as a D get along with a C. A C loves to tell a D, you can't do it like that, Right. A D wants to bend, bend and or break every rule in the on the planet, right? And the yeah, and the C wants to follow every single one. So there's a natural, there's a natural, okay. But if you understand how a D operates and how they're built, and a C operates and how they they're built, you will go out as a D and surround yourself with C's because they will save your backside in all kinds of ways, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, you, and that natural that natural conflict is something that you need to be able to appreciate. Let me ask you a real quick question. Have you ever read the book, Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti? No, no. Okay. So a, good a great title. Mine, so a good friend of mine who's now my ghostwriter on my first book that we're working on, he and his wife wrote this book several years ago, and it's incredibly popular. The Bill and Pam Farrell is their name. And, the, and it's literally the way it's set up is... Men are like waffles. We we compartmentalize things into little squares like a waffle, right? I get that, yeah. Women are like a bowl of spaghetti. Everything is emotionally, they bring emotion to everything, everything, okay? Well, as a man, when you compartmentalize things and a woman brings emotion to everything, there's a natural conflict, right? You can't tell a woman to leave her emotions at the door. It's not going to happen, okay? You can tell a man to do that and he can do it, he can do it easily. But you get to a place with this book where you appreciate their strengths. You appreciate what your wife or your husband has in terms of strengths. And it's something that helps you to love them even more, right? 
I would recommend the book, by the way, obviously. Um, But it's but that sounds like it's very similar to what you're doing in that you're educating people through this program so that they can understand the strengths of an analyst, the strengths of a director and and appreciate and respect it. And like you said, shower them with grace. Yes. And in fact, so a couple things. Um, uh, the uniqueness of our um, assessments, and they were developed in private practice uh, by a gentleman named Stephen Johnson uh, from Strategic People Development. And he has licensed us to be able to uh, bring it uh, online and to be able to do this. The only organization he's ever done this with to be able to bring it to the public wow. because he saw our ministry and what we were doing and and wanted to partner and help us in that area. But it um, there are eight different assessments in our, our um, package, the basic package. Uh, one is motivated role, which is very unique. It's what part do you like to play in an organization? Mm-hmm. The other is impact style. It is very similar uh, to DISC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the D for director is your D. The C of DISC is the analyst. Uh, influencer is our persuader. Mm-hmm. And cooperator uh, is the, uh, the, the S. Um, yeah. um, we have temperaments, which is like Myers-Briggs. It is a, uh, how does your mind work? So the example that you were just giving uh, is what, probably closest related to our thinker feeler. A thinker is all about accomplishing the objective. Uh, The feeler is more about the subjective. How does this impact my tribe? Uh, Your spaghetti uh, analogy. The the reality is though, is that those roles are not gender specific. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have coached a lot of men that have the um, feeling uh, aspect, the spaghetti, if you will. And a lot of women uh, in married couples who are the uh, waffle. Mm-hmm. And those things create friction because of their focus and how, you know, a person evaluates and says what is good information. We also do interest, abilities, and values, which is um, really where where do you where does your mind naturally gravitate towards as far as what interests you? Mm-hmm. Uh, abilities are are self explanatory, and values are your why, mm-hmm. the aspect of what is in you that causes you to be excited to wake up in the morning to be able to do your podcast what drives you yeah right and then in addition to that we have the spiritual gifts assessment and then last year we acquired the rights to something called a five fold ministry focus assessment which kind of gives you the region of ministry that you're in Uh, uh, i'm a very dominant apostolic design so building is in my nature Mm -hmm. um the software company it lasted for 37 years because i established a strong foundation and built on that the soccer teams that i've coached same thing you build on a strong team foundation this ministry is the exact same thing you build on a strong foundation and you add the necessary talents the team members that we've added you build Mm -hmm. and that is my calling that's part of my wiring so that's the uniqueness of our assessments is that it slices and dices you from multiple areas all with the intent of not only simply showing you a mirror of how you are wired, your your divine nature acquired, your spiritual DNA, but also from a perspective of how does that impact other people? How can you minister to them? And how can the enemy exploit your differences to create division? Right. And let's guard against that. Right. That's awesome. Because it gives you armor, right? Yes. 
It gives you armor, and that's a big, big deal. That's awesome, man. That is really yeah. cool. Well, especially in this world where there is no hope. Um, yeah. uh, I lived in California for, uh, well, since uh, 77, so for 30-some years, and um, it changed. Yeah. It changed. It's changed really badly, and there is when I lived there, there was this dynamic energy about growth and potential and, and business. And, and it was, it was a thriving environment for a software company like mine to flourish in, but man, it has become depressed. It has become hopeless. Despair is now more prevalent than, than it ever was when I was living there. Yeah. And this is a trend that you're seeing throughout society. And one of the things that we give is we give hope to people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not to simply the women at UGM uh, that were, you know, homeless or abused. It's not the 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 drug and alcohol addicted people that we work with at Good Sam. It's all of humanity. We all need hope, yeah. and we need to have faith in our Creator to be able to live out a purpose and to partner with Him to be able to become all that He created us to be. Yeah. And that well, is and a beautiful creature. I totally agree. And and the biggest part of it is finding that purpose, right? And then once yes. you find that purpose, then you you help them go to work to actually live that live that out. And that's a big big deal. And when you figure out what your calling is and you figure out what your purpose is in life and you start that walk, it's an amazing experience. It's yes. something that's very hard to put into words. Yeah, we tell people the two most important days in their Christian walk uh, is the day that they discover their Savior, mm -hmm. um, uh, their purpose, and uh, then the second is the day they discover why. Yeah. Why were you added to the body of Christ? What does God want to do through you? Um, it's not just ministry is not just the guy giving the message on the pulpit. It's not the worship leader. It's every person that is in the body of Christ has a ministry. There's a an axiom that 80% of the work in the church is done by 20% of the people. Mm -hmm. Our ministry is not to the 20%. Right. If they're if they are actively doing what God created them to do, we'll applaud them, we'll help them any way we can. We're after the 80% that are not actively involved in ministry. And ministry does not necessarily look like that missionary from Congo or you know, the person working at the fruit, uh, the food line ministry could be in your business as a business leader. It, um, it could be a gas station. Yes. Uh, there's a, a, an aspect called Kings and priests. Kings, Kings, um, um, are Kings produce the provision. Priests provide the vision. Mm -hmm. So there are people that their ministry is actually out there making money, mm -hmm. redirecting those financial resources into God's kingdom so that the people that are actively in involved in God's vision are able to be able to do that. I mean, right. as, as I said, I stopped taking a full-time paycheck back in 2015. Uh, our ministry has mostly been self-funded all this time. And, you know, I, that will change at some point. Uh, we'll be able to have a staff and do a, have a minute. Uh, you know, I'll get a salary, and yeah. I still get a stipend uh, from my software company. So I'm not, you know, uh, going hungry or anything like that. Right. Um, but there are kings out there that are going to be brought to us 
to be able to provide for our ministry, to be able to fund our video series. There's two business leaders locally who paid 100% of the video production that is part of the brushfires-digital.com. Mm -hmm. There are people that are ready to partner with us in their business or just you know, independently. Uh, and that'll happen. Yeah. It may happen through... It may be happening through your podcast, so that's why I appreciate the opportunity. Well, that'd be a huge blessing if it did. That would be a it huge be. blessing. It really I'll, would. I'll you'll be the first to you'll, you'll be the first to hear it, Mike. I love it, buddy. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap up? You know, I just want people to understand that what God has for you is better than whatever this world has convinced you of. Yeah. That that there are beliefs that we all have that are false beliefs that we've been deceived by. We don't even know that they're false beliefs and that the enemy and this world has deceived you to pursue something that is never going to bear the fruit or the joy that you're looking for. Pursue God, pursue his purposes in your life. Join us at brushfires-digital.com. We want you to be able to walk joyfully into your purpose and make a difference. We want you to become a wildfire for Christ. That's awesome. That is so cool. So brushfiresdigital.com, brushfires-digital.com, and they can actually find their purpose, and they can get a roadmap on how they can go about fulfilling that purpose. It is so, so cool. JR, I cannot thank you enough for being our guest on the Mike Litton Experience, buddy. Thank you. This, so is, this has been a real joy, Mike. You, um, we were strangers before we started this, but we're now friends. So thank you so much for uh, giving us this opportunity. I love you, brother. Take care, okay? Take care. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. If you did, do us a favor. Smash that subscribe button. Tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program. And wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.